Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Daily Objective. We're going to be talking more about the uh, political developments in the United Kingdom. And uh, luckily, I'm not doing this alone. We've got, uh, well, you know him, uh, Nico Sotirakapoulos, the commonly uh, present host, co-host, and also a special co-host today, Alejandro, if I pronounce that right. Hi, thank you. Uh, Nikos, why don't you get us started? You, you probably got the skinny on this. Yes, so the big news in the last days in the UK is that uh, apparently the new economic policy of the British government is a big failure. What is the new economic policy? So it's mostly a drastic cuts in taxation, drastic at least for the standards of the UK. Uh, the stepping back in terms of some regulations, uh, for example, there is not anymore a cap, the cap that used to be in the bankers' bonuses. Also, some liberalization in some areas, such as uh, in, in, terms of, in terms of building, some hints of a possible wealth uh, reform in terms of what you need to do to get, uh, to get benefits. So there has been some shift in a policy which is a bit more free market friendly, a bit more liberal, led by the new government of Liz Trust and also the new chancellor, who is quasi Quarteng. Now, you could say this sounds like great measures, so what are we even discussing? Well, these great measures coincide with an unprecedented spending spree, an unprecedented spending, uh, spending uh, how to put it? It's not even. It's not even a because it's been happening for three years. So I don't want to call it a spending incident, a spending continuum. Let's put it this way. So we had the large spending for COVID, for COVID release, and also now we have the large spending in terms of making sure that energy prices are not going to soar. So as the government is announcing these cuts in taxes. At the same time, there's a massive boost in spending. So, for example, only to bail out energy companies, not really to bail them out, but to make sure that the energy price that the British household will get is not going to be above £2,500 per year. The government is going to spend more than £100 million. Some say might even get to £150 billion. Sorry, not million, billion with a B. So the international markets have reacted badly in this, uh, in this uh, news. So two things have happened. The pound, the value of the pound sterling has gone down, which means, to put it very simply, more, the, the estimation is that people don't want to hold pounds at the moment. And the other thing is that the price, the, the interest rates for the British bonds have gone up. Put simply, People don't trust that if they buy a bond, which is a promise by the government that they're going to pay you back their money, that this is a secure investment. People don't want to deal with the British state, to put it this uh, way. And the last thing that is noteworthy and creates this storm in the UK economy is the anticipation that the interest rates might rise. So interest rates have been artificially low for ages through the policy of, uh, of the central bank or the Bank of England as it is cost. And again, a free marketeer would say, wait a minute, isn't it good that the interest rate is going to go up? Isn't it the healthy thing to happen in an economy? And also we have inflation, so don't we want the interest rates to go a bit up? Which means that 
the money to become a bit more uh, precious, a bit more expensive, so to speak? Well, the answer is that yes, but what do you do in a country where there are so many people that have relied on low interest rates to buy a house? So if your mortgage is uh, at the level where you got it with, let's say, 0.2 interest rates, and now after a year you'll have to pay, let's say, 2%, then this creates a big problem for you. Or if you want to remortgage your house. And I was living in the UK. I remember posters saying that the government can make it so easy for you to buy a house and to give you a mortgage. And I was thinking, well, what could possibly go wrong? So this is the situation in simple terms. Let's go now to Alejandro to evaluate what is happening. So Alejandro, where do you want to start from? Do you want to start with the policy announcements uh, or do you want to start with the reactions from the international markets to these announcements? Let me explain a bit more about why the pound collapse. And basically the pound or any kind of uh, fiat money that we have in today's world is a liability of the government. Contrary to what many people believe, uh, it's something, it's a financial liability that um, the governments have. And as such, whenever you see or you suspect that governments are going to have or experience some sort of problems, uh, if there isn't any uh, idea from the government or any reaction to, of the government um, about how it's going to solve, it's going to depreciate. And what you're seeing right now is basically that. Um, when with both the uh, idea of cutting taxes, but without cutting spending, which is a major issue here, which is basically raising taxes in the future, if there aren't any adjustments to the spending in, in, in the next months. And also because there is a cap on uh, energy prices amounting to probably 100 billion pounds per year, uh, which is going to be sub subsidized by the government, that may also cause some, some ideas, so some, some struggles for the government. And in, in regard to the um, guild, uh, the guild's um, sales, uh, basically, which um, induced some rises in interest rates, that basically is because when some asset is sold, then you have to offer a premium so that people find it more interesting to invest in this. So basically, that's what's happening over the last uh, three, four days. So the bonds need to become a bit more lucrative, a bit more a bit more attractive, because otherwise people at the moment are not feeling very optimistic towards the UK economy. And that's why you put a higher interest rate, which means if you trust me now and you give me 100, I will give you back 110 rather than 101 when I would give you back, uh, when I would give you back earlier. So the, a, a, another question is, why do the people complain so the left is the argument of the left at the moment is this that this policy is crazy the policy of cutting taxes is crazy so my simple question is what does the average keynesian wants the government to do would they want the government to keep borrowing and to keep uh, so trying to trying to steal mother argument is that look imagine you have a family budget and you cut the income the income of the state is the taxes, but you boost the expenses. So what they're saying is we are boosting the expenses because of COVID, because of the energy crisis, because of the welfare state in the UK, which is of, and the NHS, which is a huge, huge, huge uh, expense. 
And at the same time, we are cutting our income. So my question is, what do the Keynesians want? Do they want perpetually to have expenses? And what would they imagine should happen? Should they say, no, we should have higher taxes or we should borrow more? So what would a good Keynesian say that the problem is and what would be his solution? I mean, we understand what the problem is, but what would be the Keynesian's solution? Well, the Keynesians typically think that when times are rough, government should spend, and when times are booming, then government should be more cautious. But in essence, that usually never happens. What happens is that whenever something happens, the government spends like crazy, and if the go- if the moment is good, they also spend like crazy. <laughs> um, actually, Keynes was... Uh, a bit different than what modern Keynesians think or what the Washington consensus thinks uh, as well. Um, Keynes was rather a person who believed that capitalism was deemed to collapse um, since the 1930s and that his role was going to think about how to save it. But he thought that the uh, collapse was imminent rather than um, something um, secular. So that's... uh, Another topic, maybe, but uh, just let me comment on. I've been following, uh, you know, Channel Four, very leftist kind of uh, comments on that, The Guardian, and I've been surprised about how little uh, they have been uh, talking about this. They they mainly have criticized this on the on the bankers' uh, bonuses and on the uh, reduction of the forty five percent on on the higher taxes. And that's basically because they don't really know what, what on earth is happening. Um, they they love uh, deficits and they love, uh, uh, they don't like the, the pound devaluing, but uh, aside of that, they, they don't have any, anything to be criticizing. Raka. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this type of conversation tends to mostly go over my head, but I'm, I'm looking at the description of the show and it's asking, will these newly elected people bring a new, more capitalist era to Britain? And I'm wondering, is, is what you've described so far, is that is, cutting taxes is great, but are they spending more as well at the same time? Or like, what are they doing vis-a-vis capitalism? In, um, so in, they lay, are spending, in layman's terms, in layman's yeah, terms. In, in very simple terms, they are spending way, way more. But their argument is we are spending more because we are in, fa- in front of an unprecedented situation. So basically they're saying, if we didn't spend more, your energy bill would be to the roof. Because we are spending all that money, your energy bill will be capped at 2,500 per year. Now, I'm not good in maths. Divide this by 12. It's going to give you, it's going to give you, it's going to give you a result. So that would be the the, the argument of a conservative that, look, Liz Truss has her heart on the right way, on the right place. She is a free market liberal. She believes in the free market but she couldn't do otherwise. But just to put, so Alejandro, you mentioned the bankers' bonuses and you mentioned the slight, uh, the, the, the cut of the 45% tax. So to put it in very simple terms for our audience, this means that some of the highest earners will save some uh, money from, uh, from giving to the tax. But someone, an economist today, posts something interesting on Twitter. So listen about the expenses of the UK government in the last years. Money trying to stop COVID, 360 billion 
Again, all these are with a B. Supporting energy bills, 150 billion. Increasing NHS core funding in the last four years, 25 billion. And here we're talking about cut taxes and uh, changes that will probably be in the vicinity of somewhere like 10 to 20 billion max. So if you put all these things together, the 350, 60 billion of COVID relief, the 25 billion for the NHS, the 150 billion for, uh, for energy, these tax cuts are basically nothing. It's a drop in the ocean. So what I'm seeing here is, I think Alejandro, what you're describing to me sounds more like envy. This is not an economic argument. This is not an argument that these are the expenses that are going to derail the fiscal policy or the, that they're going to derail the budget. They're just annoyed that the government is cutting taxes. So this is not an economic argument, is it? I'm not sure, to, to be honest. I'm not an expert on the fiscal policy of the UK. Um, and uh, certainly it could be the case that maybe the rise in interest rates could make it uh, quite difficult Uh, to borrow money today rather than in the past, just for an economic issue. I, I'm not sure how to answer that. But I would like to answer a bit of uh, what Roca mentioned. I think that um, the basic problem today in the UK is productivity. And the UK hasn't grown since the financial crisis, literally. If you see the chart, it's growing from the 1970s and after 2008, It's a flat line. Now, what is explaining that? We don't know. <laughs> not even me, not even Liz Truss, not even Quateng. Nobody knows. What we know is that there are a lot of zombie corporations, which are uh, usually co companies which basically survive through um, basically lending, uh, borrowing a, at a very cheap rate and keeping themselves alive because of that. And That these kind of SOMI corporations are more prevalent in the UK than in Germany or the US. Now, how will that be solved? Um, tax cuts? Probably not. Um, interest rate rises? Maybe. Deregulation? Yes, probably. Because most of the time, these kind of uh, companies survive through Um, loopholes on, on the regulations that they are usually very aligned to or they, they have already consolidated into a market and they impede for other, other people to, to come. But so far, Liz Truss's uh, comments on the regulation have been very timid. She hasn't been commenting on anything on what she's going to do on that front. I welcome the fracking ban lift, but so far she hasn't done anything on that. So when we say productivity, what exactly do we mean? So the layman yeah. in me, this sounds like how hard people are working, but what exactly is productivity? So what do we mean when we say the UK suffers in productivity in simple words? To be honest, it's a really terrible definition. It's anything that it's not explained by either capital, that is machines, or labor. So if you have... Um, If you have one person with one computer and that person produces, let's say, um, 10, um, in, in 10 units of software and you have the same person and the same computer and that person produces uh, 100 units of software, 
then the productivity of one is 10, the, the productivity of the other is 10 times greater. Um, that's basically the, the, the way in which the uh, productivity is accounted today. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So will this usher in a more capitalist era in your opinions? Uh, I don't think the culture is ready for that. So here's what's going to happen now. Soon, the government is going to decide that they need to cut expenses. Where are they going to tax expenses from? One area is the expenses of the state. So this could also involve things like the NHS, things like the welfare state, and the culture that the conservatives have created is completely a no-go zone in terms of cutting welfare state. So their morality, the morality they have accepted, and uh, the points they have conceded in terms of, yeah, of course we need it, our NHS and all that stuff. So when they will have to make some cuts in the expenses of the state, the society will be up in arms because the ideological ground is not fertile for that. And the the conservatives are also to blame for this because they've been in government for uh, since at least 2000, since 2010, at least. Yes, since 2010. So we have 2022. And they were also in power from 79 till 97. So, and yet... The, 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 the culture in the UK and the political climate is completely hostile to anything that has to do with the shrinking of the state. I'm wondering if whoever wrote the uh, description of this episode was maybe not on the same page as you, because uh, like, I don't even like, is it like, why is that question even coming up? You're probably wondering as am I. So what's the, what's the title again? No, in the description, it says, like, will they bring in a new, more capitalist era to the British Isles? Well, yeah, that's that's a, that's the narrative that oh. finally we have a chancellor and a prime minister who want to focus on economic growth, mm-hmm. who want to focus on, an, on unleashing the economy. The problem is that cutting taxes is important and well done for them, but also you need to do something in terms of cutting the expenses. And also you need to do something in terms of letting the interest rates fluctuate outside of political pressures. But then you're going to have the pressure of the homeowners who are going to say, hey, government, you promised me that I would get a mortgage, although I wouldn't be able to afford the house otherwise, on a 0.2% interest, and now you're asking me to pay 2% or 3% interest. So (laughs) there is the will to do something towards that direction, because also what else can the government do? Can they keep spending and can they keep borrowing like there's no tomorrow? At some point, the reality check is going to be there. But when they have to do the next step, which will require strong political will, do they have the political will to do so? Let's see. Okay, sounds like you're saying no. Uh, Alejandro, do you share uh, Nikos' cynicism or are you more optimistic with the latest developments? I'm I'm a bit more optimistic, but not much. Uh, They have already announced a couple of cities, free trade zone cities, which aren't really, they have reduced regulation, reduced taxes, but these don't tend to, uh, they just move investment from some places to another. Uh, If if you needed like a big change, you would change the whole country in just a couple of cities. And uh, I'm still waiting for something like that to happen. Okay. Now I feel a little bit like uh, Eamon uh, when we debated the election fraud way back when, like, and 
And he was like, yeah, I don't even know why I'm here. I <laughs> like I was drunk when I agreed to do this. Like uh, and I wasn't drunk, but Rozzy invited me on here. He was anticipating there'd be fierce disagreement. Probably he thought Nikos would be cheerleading these conservatives and no, I'd no, no, be, no, no. you know, and I'd be. Yeah, but like sounds like basically we're all on the same page. But I think Rozzy is more optimistic than both of you based on what he said before we went live. And maybe that's why Rozzy should be a host on the show, according to me and, and the viewers. Uh, and you guys, uh, so but the, mo the, 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 mo the number one for me aim of this show is to help the audience understand what is happening in the UK. They will see in the headlines, the pound is dropping. They will see in the headlines, the markets are not showing trust to the UK economy. And we try to explain what is actually happening. And, and also keep in mind the fact that this week, the markets are not happy about what's happening in the UK will definitely change if the UK economy shows some signs that there is a plan there, there is also a plan to cut uh, expenses, and this uh, orgy of spending, there is a plan on how to wake up the day after, after last night's orgy, and there is a plan on how to get rid of your hangover. So that's how mm -hmm. I see Should we read some super chats? Of course we should. All right, Jonathan with Honig with 199 says one, one up sticker. Thank you. Uh, Kmetiha Bichak with five euros says, here's to the three musketeers, you three. Thank you. Marvin K, you've heard of Marvin Gay. This is Marvin K with five pounds. I don't know. I've heard some bad things about the pound lately, right? Were you guys saying the pound is, is weak right now or it's going to be weakened? Um, I'm just kidding. Thank you, Marvin. He says, have you read Britannia Unchained by Quartang? And that's one of the newly elected people, right? Would you recommend it to understand the current policy or is everything short term driven? So he's not just a newly elected uh, person. He's the new chance. So to put it in simple terms, he's the finance minister, what we'd call. But the answer is no, I haven't read it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Phil with 10 pounds says trust needs to pee or get off the pot. Either the economy and progress or net zero crap. Both won't work. She needs yep. to realize that radical ideas are needed now. True. Uh -huh. If we're done with the super chat, can I say one more thing? You can, but there's one more super chat. Marvin K is back with five pounds. Thank you for that. He says, keep it up. Thank you very much. Thank you, Marvin. So, why I'm a bit uh, pessimistic. Have you watched today's YouGov uh, op uh, voting estimation poll? So, the results are Conservatives, 28%. Labor, 45%. This is the biggest gap, I think, since there have been opinion polls by YouGov. So, again, I'm not good in maths. What's the difference between uh, 48 45 and 28, it's 17, isn't it? 17% difference. So, and the elections are to, in less than, in around two years. So, that's the culture in the UK. The culture in the UK is you see someone doing tax cuts and you rush to vote for a Labour Party, which has the most uninspiring leadership in the history of uninspiring leaderships. Like, literally, if you would walk at night blindfolded and you would pick a random person in a high street and you'd put them to the leadership of the Labour Party, they would be way 
more inspiring than Keith Starner. And yet, you see that the, that the Labour Party is marching in the polls. 17 points. So that was the reaction to of the UK economy to... Oh, and if you add Labour with the Greens and the Scottish Nationalist Party, the Scottish National Party, again, not good in maths, but the result will be something like 55%. So 55%, 55% want a completely different direction from the one that the Tories are now following. Are uh, the new is the new chancellor and um, prime minister? Are they doing other things outside of this that are worth discussing, such as uh, fracking and immigration? Are a couple things I heard before we went yeah, live. Yeah, so Liz Truss has lifted the ban on fracking, which was a conservative, a conservative policy. So well done, conservatives. And in terms of immigration, I'm not sure because. Uh, have given up on, I don't want to return to the UK. So I didn't bother to read anything about that. But Alejandro, do you know anything about your immigration policy? I didn't completely follow the news, but my understanding is that they were thinking about increasing the amount of people that come into the UK and by reducing some of the restrictions over some key areas. Although mm -hmm. within the same conservative party, that there was a lot of backlash. Mm. Yeah, because the people in the Conservative Party with the economic IQ of a broccoli think that the problem with the European Union was the free movement of, uh, of uh, people and of goods. So. Mm -hmm. I, uh, so in anticipating the fierce disagreement that I thought I was going to encounter on today's episode, uh, based on how it was sort of presented to me earlier um, by the powers that be, um, Yeah, I was going to say, like, even if there is economic prosperity as a result of these policies, I mean, show me a case where prosperity changed the way people look at capitalism, right? Like maybe the, the first generation to experience the rise in standard of living are, are aware of it, but then like their kids are growing up complacent and restless and guilty, and they just can't wait to give it all away. And you can look at like South America as the most, probably the most radically uh, swinging Uh, place in terms of going from socialism to free markets and almost in the same day sometimes I'm exaggerating but um, because the th truth is we need a philosophy that's compatible with this rising standard of living with capitalism we need a philosophy an ethics that goes with it a view of the universe and of human nature that goes with capitalism and the rising standard of living so the rising standard of living enough does not change people's views on capitalism if it did We'd, we'd already be living uh, in laissez-faire paradise, but uh, we need a philosophy. And, uh, you know, if, if you can't guess, look at the name of this channel to try and uh, crack the code of which philosophy I'm hinting at. No disagreement here. Again, this episode wasn't about us disagreeing. It was about us. It was about us understanding. And I hope that people got a better grasp of what's happening in the UK. So, Let's hope soon we'll hear more about uh, further reforms because the idea is this was the first step. There are more steps. There are more reforms coming. So let's see. Mm -hmm. All right. Any other thoughts on all of this uh, before we call it a wrap from either Let's of you? leave the last word to our guest, to Alejandro. Well, I 
just hope, uh, still hope uh, that some good things come from this government, although so far they haven't um, done a lot. That's it. All right. All around uh, good vibes uh, here today. And uh, which reminds you all that you got better things to do with your life than obsessed with politics. You know, if, if you're waiting for Liz Trust to uh, solve your life's uh, problems, you're going to have uh, you're going to be holding your breath for a long time. Just uh, get busy living, guys. You got a lot, a lot going for you. Um, all right. Coming up today at 7 p.m. UK time, the Fountainhead Book Club for ARC UK members. The session will also be live streamed for YouTube members. Link in the chat. So there's a reason to become a member. If you're not, hit that join button. We actually got a new member this morning or my morning, your guys' afternoon before we went live. It was Oliver. Welcome to the network, Oliver. Hi, that Oliver. Good to have you here. All right. Um, well, with all that, uh, we will bid you adieu and we'll be back tomorrow for the Daily Objective. Same time. Thank you, Nikos. Thank you, Alejandro. And goodbye. <laughs>